Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Episode 42 of the Say Hey Podcast. I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show. So hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. Folks, I've got a great show for you, like I do every single week. And along with catching you up on everything that you've missed throughout this week, and maybe you haven't missed, but I'm going to catch you up anyways. Along with doing that, I'm going to go ahead and break down the first series of the regular season against the Seattle Mariners. That's right. The regular season starts in two days. Thursday, April 1st is going to be the first game of the season. I'm going to go ahead and break down the three-game road trip to Seattle. But before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and give you the news and notes from around our team. So since we last talked, okay, it's quite literally been an up-and-down roller coaster watching these Giants games over the past week. Starting with last Tuesday's game against the Indians, in which the Giants won 7-0. Some quick highlights from that game featuring Logan Webb continuing to dominate when he struck out seven batters and didn't give up any runs in five innings. Also, the Giants hit five homers in that game, and they came from Solano, Crawford, Slater, Listella, and Will Wilson. Then the Giants continued to play well against the Padres when they won 7-3 and continued to hit home runs as well. They hit a total of four in this game, and they came from Solano and Slater again, and the two others came from Yaz and Joey Bart. The Giants then went on to have terrible games against the Mariners and Oakland on Sunday, and that's pretty much how spring training goes in a nutshell. There's going to be some games that are really tough to look at because coaches are testing so many different variations of their lineup that sometimes it's hard to read into certain things. However, it is encouraging to me that the Giants did have a good game against the Padres. Now, I don't expect the Giants to win by that big of a margin every single time we play San Diego, obviously, but it was nice to see the Giants put up some productive innings, unlike last year when it seemed like Every single game played against the Padres was completely unbearable to watch. Now, moving on to some players who have continued to stick out or players I haven't mentioned yet but have still been dominating this spring. First off, Austin Slater. A 391 batting average, has four home runs, 10 RBIs, and two stolen bases. At this point, there was no question that Slater was going to make the lineup. I think the only question was whether... He was going to be used as a platoon option in left field, or they were going to try to make him an everyday player because of how much they have him playing center field lately. At this point in time, I'm actually pretty confident in saying that we're going to see Austin Slater way more than not. Moving on to the next player, our favorite player, Yaz, another person who continues to tear it up. At this point in time, Yaz has a 308 batting average and four home runs and nine RBIs during this spring. 
And a quick but very important update. During yesterday's game against the A's, it was the second game against the A's, Yaz got hit in the hand and immediately, as soon as he got hit, walked off the field to get that hand checked. Good news. From everything that I've heard so far, it's just a bruise. The x-rays came back negative, and it's just a bruise at this point. So, you know, it'll be good to have a few days off today and tomorrow before Thursday's big game. Moving on to another player, that's going to be Joey Bart. And the reason why I want to talk about Bart is because I want to address the doubt people are having with him because of how he played during the 2020 season. But if you look at this spring stats, you'll see that he's produced a 458 batting average and a 1.250 OPS. He's also managed to hit two home runs, a double, and also he's stolen two bases. He's literally fine, everyone. He's going to be fine when the time comes for him to take over the mantle as the everyday starting catcher. I assure you there is no need to panic. The good news is that there is no pressure for Bart to perform at an elite level at this very moment, but he's doing it anyways. I fully expect Bart to be more comfortable once he's called back up again whenever that time is. Moving on to the next player, and that's Anthony Desclafani. His last start was very exciting, especially because it was against excuse me, one of the best offenses in all of baseball. Against the Padres, Desclafani pitched four innings, gave up four hits, only one earned run, walked one batter, but struck out eight. With that being said, Desclafani faced almost every single big name of the Padres. He faced a lineup that featured Tommy Pham, Manny Machado, Jake Cronenworth, Eric Hosmer, and Will Myers, who I do have to admit, he did hit a home run off Desclafani. But of course, the only player who wasn't in this lineup was Tatis. And, you know, he's kind of a big deal. But in my opinion, Anthony Desclafani still held his own against one of the best teams in all of baseball, which is exciting to see because Desclafani, wow, that's really starting to become a tongue twister, is one of those guys the Giants would like to turn into another resurgent story like Gosman and Smiley when they came to the Giants. Desclafani has never been a high strikeout guy. He's been more like a strikeout per inning type of pitcher, but I wouldn't be surprised if he taps into something different during his time in a Giants uniform. Another player, a fan favorite, Brandon Crawford. During this spring, he has produced a 306 batting average and a 946 OPS. He's hit two home runs and three doubles. You'll love to see it. Now, do I expect Brandon Crawford to sustain that level of batting average? Probably not, but I definitely expect him, again, I mentioned it last episode, I definitely expect him to supply some power and definitely keep hitting those doubles. Moving on to Tommy LaStella. The reason why we have to talk about him is we had another injury scare. This is getting very, very scary. Yaz got hit on the hand, but Tommy LaStella got hit on the knee. But the good news again, Gabe Kapler said Tommy LaStella has a left knee contusion, which in scientific terms just means bruise, and is day-to-day at this point. He left the game due to precautionary reasons. That's fine. Great. Yesterday, he did have an at-bat, and I actually think he got a hit, so that's good. All right, moving on to some roster structuring news. Lamont Wade Jr., Scott Kazmir, and Shun Yamaguchi have all been notified they will not be making the opening day roster. The only thing that's a little bumming for me is that I really want Lamont Wade Jr. to excel and to exceed. I personally think he's definitely another diamond in the rough. Uh, the way Farhan found Donovan Solano, the way he found Alex Dickerson, I think Lamont Wade Jr. could be that type of player. Scott Kazmir and Shun Yamaguchi really don't surprise me. 
I 100% support this journey that is going on this late in his career. It just didn't surprise me to see him not make this roster. I don't think it surprised a lot of people, but nonetheless, everyone is still rooting for the 37-year-old. Now, if my calculations are correct, and that's very rare. Very rarely are they correct. As of right now, I think the Giants' current roster is sitting at 31, which means they still need to option five players in order to get to a 26-man roster. However, when I went on MLB.com and looked at the Giants' 40-man roster, I counted 27 players. So I really don't know what to believe at this point. But what I do know is that there's still going to be cuts before Thursday's game before the season starts. All right, moving on to the preview against the Seattle Mariners. Exciting stuff, guys. You may have all heard already, but the opening day starter is going to be Kevin Gosman. Not too surprising, I'm sure. And he's going to be facing Marco Gonzalez. All right, now, Kevin Gosman did not pitch against Seattle last season, which... Honestly, it's kind of weird to me, considering it felt like the Giants faced the Mariners a lot last season, but somehow it just never happened. Anyways, during the month of September last year, Gosman was really starting to get dialed in. He pitched five times in that month, and during that time, he produced a 2.25 ERA. Opponents can only produce a 1.53 batting average against him, and he struck out 31 batters in those 24 innings pitched. Now, I won't sugarcoat things for you. Gosman hasn't had the best spring. It's not the worst spring, but it's definitely not the best. Or at least the spring you would have liked to see from your opening day starter. But one thing I will say is that his velocity has not changed, which is great. The batter I'm nervous for Gosman to face is the longtime veteran Kyle Seeger. Now, throughout his career, Seeger has produced a 3.33 average against Gosman in 15 at-bats. He's managed to hit three doubles and two home runs, so it's definitely safe to say Seager has some ownage against Gosman. Like last year, Seattle is known for their speed on the bases. If the Giants want to stay in this game, then the pitching staff has to minimize the amount of batters they walk. I'm not saying that's been a problem in the past necessarily for the team. All I'm saying is that free bases can be detrimental when you're giving them to a team that runs the bases exceptionally well. And like always... Gosman has to keep the ball in the park. We absolutely love seeing the strikeouts from Gosman, but he also gives up too many home runs in my opinion. Gosman will have a great game if he keeps the ball in the park and minimizes hard contact from these scrappy Seattle hitters. Now, on the other side of the baseball, Marco Gonzalez, the Giants are going to be facing the lefty, which means we may not see Dickerson in this game actually. Instead, we could see Slater and Dubon since they are righty hitters who hit lefties better. But to be honest, there's not too much history here between Gonzalez and the Giants hitters. Throughout his career, Tommy LaStella has managed to find some ownage against him. As we can see during his eight career at-bats against Gonzalez, he's accumulated five hits, including two doubles, but most importantly, zero strikeouts. It'll be interesting to see if Kapler keeps LaStella in the lineup despite being a lefty hitter and dealing with this bruise, but I wouldn't be too surprised if he bats lead off this game. All right, moving on to game two of this series, and it's going to be Friday night, and that's going to be Johnny Cueto against James Paxton. Now, I'll be honest. At this point in his career, starts from Johnny Cueto make me a little nervous every time he goes out on the mound now. I'll give him some benefit of the doubt since I guess last year he wasn't completely healthy, but with that being said, even when he is healthy, he's still only sitting around 91 to 92 miles per hour with an occasional appearance of 93 to 94. 
At this point in his career, the way Cueto can be successful is by keeping hitters off balance. We are still going to see the shimmies, the legendary shimmies from him, which is fine, but it's also not enough in my opinion. I'm not trying to be too harsh about Cueto, but at this point in his career, I think the Giants are just trying to ride out his contract. As for who Cueto is going to be pitching against, James Paxson is definitely an opponent who should be taken seriously. Last Saturday, Paxton actually faced the Giants, and he struck out nine batters in four innings. But to be fair, the lineup he faced was not the best the Giants have to offer. He faced Dickerson, who actually got a double off Paxton, Belt, who got two walks against Paxton, Longoria, Flores, okay, those names I just mentioned, those are pretty normal, but then he went on to face Casali, Lamont Wade Jr., Darren Ruff, Mauricio Dubon, and Marco Luciano. Again, no Tommy LaStella, no Donovan Solano, no Mikey Shrimsky, no Austin Slater, no Buster Posey, and no Brandon Crawford, who not only is having a fantastic spring, he also had great numbers against Seattle last year when he produced a 313 batting average against them as a whole. So yes, Paxton is great and a pitcher who is well-known and well-established throughout the league. However, it will be interesting to see what happens when he faces a Giants lineup who is more equipped. And then we have Game 3, and that's going to be featuring Logan Webb, yes, very exciting, versus Chris Flexen. I don't know. I have no idea. This might be the matchup I'm most excited about, mainly because Logan Webb by far has been the best pitcher this spring. And I know I can speak for every Giants fan when I say we want to see if this is for real, and we want to see if this is sustainable. It's hard looking at past numbers for Webb, because right now he looks like a completely different pitcher. This is a version of Logan Webb none of us have ever seen before. Yesterday, during Logan Webb's last outing of spring, which came against the Oakland A's, he pitched six innings, surrendered only four hits and one earned run, one walk, and collected five strikeouts. Oh yeah, that earned run that I just mentioned, that was the first and only run he gave up the entire spring. Logan Webb finished his spring campaign with a 0.53 ERA, and he struck out 22 batters in 17 innings pitched. And on top of that, there isn't a lot of ownage that stands out from the Mariners' hitters. The only thing I can see is that J.P. Crawford has hit a double and three RBIs off Webb, and Ty France has hit a triple, but other than that, nothing sticks out to me. Now, another reason why this game should be exciting is because I have no idea who Chris Flexen is. And as of right now, the Mariners have him slated in to start against Logan Webb. And when I usually don't know anything about the opposing pitcher, that usually means it's going to be a great game offensively for the Giants. With that being said, I went ahead and looked at his 2020 stats and saw a 6.59 ERA and a 2.05 whip. So... I'll refrain from being too cocky here, but I like the Giants' odds of winning this game. And I'll go ahead and end the show by saying this. In my opinion, I think the Giants have a good shot of winning two games out of the three. Do I think they have a good chance at sweeping the Mariners? Yes, absolutely. But I'm trying to be a little more realistic here. If Gosman can stay dialed in and keep runners off the bases, then we have an excellent shot of winning the first game. And if Logan Webb can continue... I'm not saying he has to go out and surrender zero earned runs every single time he's going out. All I'm saying is if he can continue to be this productive, it'll definitely give the Giants a great chance at winning the third game of this series. As for Johnny Cueto's game, Game 2, Johnny Cueto versus James Paxton. 
In my opinion, that's going to be a little tough because it seems as though whenever Johnny Cueto is on the mound, it's almost automatic that the Giants have to start the games out playing catch-up because Johnny Cueto almost guarantees an earned run within the first three innings of his starts. I'm not saying it's impossible to win games when Johnny Cueto is on the mound. All I'm saying is that it's going to be a little more difficult. So I will stick with my initial prediction. Although I want the Giants to sweep... I personally think realistically the Giants have a better chance at walking away with two wins out of this three-game series. All right, everybody, that is going to be all for today's show of the Say Hey Podcast. Again, thank you so much for your love, support of the show. I can't believe that Giants baseball is here again. And that also means with more games being played and the regular season starting, I'm also going to be posting two times a week again. That's right. I did that last year during the regular season, and I'm going to be doing that again. So this is going to be the last week where I post once a week. I don't know if you're happy or sad about that, but I also don't really care. I just want to say thank you again for your love and support of the show. Again, you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined. Continue to stay safe every day, folks. Continue to be smart, but most importantly, go Giants.